When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Asako goes through the middle and the siren sounds at the same time. <clears throat> Gerard Sutton blows his whistle and the 2023 NRL season for the Dolphins comes to an end. For the Warriors, their regular season finishes with a loss as they head towards the finals. 34 points to 10 is the final score here at Suncorp Stadium. And uh, well, I'm not sure how that leaves Andrew Epps H, whether he's got a lot of thinking to do or whether he's just happy that uh, he was able to give some guys a rest and still stay inside the NRL's top four. Well, I, I think he will be happy to stay inside the top four, give those guys a rest, and the biggest plus, I would hope so, to come out of this game would be no injuries to our key players like Dylan Walker, Mitch Barnett. I saw Josh Curran hobble at the end, hopefully not him either. So we'll know more as um, hours after the game, but hopefully all those players that will be back next week got through the game fine. All right, let's go through some of our awards post-game. Aish, firstly, our Bill People Player of the Day. Thanks to Bill People. Who do you think gets the, the three points this afternoon? I've gone Cody Nikarima. I mean, the, the forward pack for the Dolphins were outstanding, and they were on and off the field. Cody Nikarima's 80-minute performance for me, it was tough. Nodded out Sean O'Sullivan. Just, I just think the way he controlled the game with Sean O'Sullivan, but he's kicking, his line break assists, and his line breaks were outstanding today. Cody Nikarima against his old team in the Warriors. So that is our Bill People Player of the Day. Bill People, New Zealand's top talent recruiter. What about our Grain Corp quality moment? Grain Corp feeds your trusted partner for quality dairy feed options. What was your moment of the match, Ash? It was definitely the 80, 90 metre try from the Warriors. Um, you know, it looked like they were dead and buried at, at certain times in that second half. And just to go back to back with tries, chance their arm for the almost the first time in the game. But the way they did it, 100 metres, Josh Curran offloading, Montoya finishes a a lengthy try in the corner. It was fantastic play. Does get our Grand Corp quality moment. Uh, what about our key matchups? Let's have a look at those and find out who was taking charge. Thanks to MG. Let's start with uh, the two front rowers for either side. We had Bunty Afolmich, Bunny up against Jesse Bromwich and Mark Nichols. Oh, easily the Dolphins forward pack. You know, Barnett and uh, Afoa had their moments in the game, but these these uh, two, Jesse Bromwich and Mark Nichols, the offloads, their line speed in defense, it was just outstanding and it made Cody Nicarima and Sean O'Sullivan's job so easy. What about the uh, the two halves? I mean, you've already given the three points to Cody mm. Nicarima, but uh, it was him and Sean O'Sullivan up against Ronald Volkman and Tim Mighty Martin. Yeah, we spoke about some growing pains for Tim Mighty Martin. Definitely Ronald Volkman as well, only a couple of games in the NRL. Um, coming up against a couple of, I wouldn't say veterans in the game. They've played, been there for long enough now and um, yeah, I just think Cody Nicarima, Sean O'Sullivan were definitely a step above in the kicking and the ball playing today. Right, and Dylan Walker and Kenny Bromwich, you couldn't separate those two at half time. Maybe they, they try at the end of Kenny Bromwich, just tips him over the scales a little bit there. Well, no, I've actually gone Dylan Walker. Um, the way, when the Warriors changed momentum and changed their game, it just coincided with Dylan Walker coming back on the field. They sort of look lost without that 13 in the field. Now that Tohu's not there, it's usually Dylan Walker comes on after him. But when Dylan Walker wasn't there today, they look lost. As soon as he come back on, the Warriors put on two tries. 
mounted a bit of a comeback, so I'll give it to Dylan Walker. Well, there you go. That was who was taking charge. Uh, thanks to MGHS, the more you've been looking for. Finally, it's our UD Trucks toughest of the day. Someone who put their heart and soul out there this afternoon came up with a couple of courageous plays. Who is getting a UD Trucks player of the game? Uh, toughest of the day today. Um, I'd probably have to go maybe uh, Jared Wallace off the bench for the Dolphins. We've mentioned the forward pack of the Dolphins being outstanding, but Jared Wallace, the impact he's had, not only this game, but for the whole season, really. He bought it again today and did cross for a try and just the, the defensive efforts and um, his power carries were outstanding. Well, there you go. Jared Wallace, our toughest of the day. Thanks to UD Trucks, your premium everyday truck. That'll go the extra mile. Text through any time on double eight double three. You can jump on the phone line as well. 0800 Let us know what you made of the game. Let us know how you're feeling after that performance ahead of finals football next weekend. It's going to be against either the Broncos or the Panthers. If it's the Broncos, it's over at Suncorp where they are right now. If it's against the Panthers, it, of course, is at Bluebet Stadium in Sydney. We await the results of the Panthers-Cowboys game. It's kickoff in around about half an hour's time at 7.30. A couple of stats for you from this evening's game. 54% position of 46 in favour of the Dolphins. The Warriors did claw that back in the second half. Age time and position for the Dolphins, 30 minutes to the 25 minutes of the Warriors, so they got the better of them on that one. The Warriors completing at a high percentage, 75%, 28 from 37. The Dolphins at 30 from 42, that's 71%. So the Warriors getting the edge there. When it comes to run metres, uh, 2,000, just over 2,000 for the Dolphins, 1,500 for the Warriors, so they were off the pace on that one, although they did pick up more post-contact metres. This is a big one for me. 15 line breaks to the Warriors, three. And it definitely felt like the Warriors were struggling to get through that uh, defensive line of the Dolphins. 38 tackle breaks to 35, the Dolphins winning that one. And then, of course, when you go down to uh, defence, uh, 35 missed tackles from the Dolphins to the Warriors, 38. They did bring that back in the second half, uh, the Warriors, and uh, they did make more tackles as well, 332, the Dolphins, 310. So those are a couple of stats from the game for you this evening. Anything stick out to you there, Aish in particular? Oh, the, I mean, the, the the first half possession rate is probably what sealed the game. It was 66 to 34% at half time. I know they swung it back, but you even look at 54% to a 46. If it's not 50-50, it is very tough going in, in most games. Um, so I think that first half, 66 to 34%, really won it for the Dolphins. Text through, like I said, anytime on double eight double three. You can give us a call 0800 We've got plenty to come between now and 8 o'clock taking you through uh, the ramifications and what's going to be coming up for the Warriors in finals football as well as some of the other games on this weekend. We'll try and bring the press conferences live to you as well between uh, Wayne Bennett and Andrew Webster. Stay with us here on Warriors Live. We'll be back in a moment. The Panthers and the Cowboys kick off at around about 7.30 and the uh, Panthers trying to play for a minor premiership uh, again in 2023 if they can win they'll leapfrog the Broncos on points differential pick up their minor premiership once more and they will face the Warriors in week number one if it stays as it is the Broncos will pick up uh, the first uh, the minor premiership and a first round matchup against the Warriors but all to play for for the Cowboys who want to make the top eight they're two points outside of it and uh, if they do uh, win because of a positive points differential they'll leapfrog both the Raiders and the Roosters and it'll be all on the Raiders to win in the final game on Sunday to make the NRL's top eight. Uh, but let's just uh, cast our eyes back uh, just over the performance, Aish. And uh, I said to you, would, would Andrew Webster be, you know, would he be concerned given what he saw? But, you know, a, a team that doesn't have a lot of guys that are probably going to play finals football. But let's look at a couple that are. To Mighty Martin, first and foremost, how much... Um, do you feel like today was just him getting the getting rid of the cobwebs in first grade? Do you feel like he's going to be ready to go next week? 
I, I think it will be. He, he's been there before and played finals football. So, you know, there's a lot of boys in this team that haven't actually played finals football, have zero finals experience. So that's what he brings to this team. He brings that finals experience. And I know he's been out all year and it is a tough ask. You know, the, the difference between New South Wales Cup and NRL is, is so much um, the gap there. So, you know, we saw that today with, with him, I think a bit of teething problems, but... Next week, I think he'll be ready to go another week and with Shawnee as well. Who do you think was the biggest loss or the biggest sort of missing piece for the Warriors this week? You had so many big names out. You had Chans out. You had Sean, um, Adam Fanua, Blake, Wade Egan. Who, who do you think would have really helped them if had they been playing this afternoon? To be honest, probably Tohu Harris. Um, and I only say this because when Dylan Walker wasn't on the field, it looked at times that the Warriors were just lost. We know a lot of the play for the Warriors, comes through the middle and does come off a Tohu Harris or Dylan Walker when he comes onto the field. So I just feel like if those two are together and at least 80 minutes of the footy match, one of those two are on, I think the Warriors would be fine in most matches. Right, well, uh, let's cross live to a press conference now. I think Andrew Webster, uh, head coach of the Warriors as well, as Dylan Walker, the captain, are uh, ready to front the media. We'll take you there now. Yeah, we should have been way better. Um, we've got high standards as a club, and I thought there was a lot, lots of individually really strong performances today, but as a team, we didn't do it. We didn't build any pressure. Possession rate in the first half was just unbelievable. Uh, our kicking game and building pressure just wasn't good enough, and we just saw a lot of tired boys as a result of tackling all the time, and uh, if you're going to tackle all day, you are going to be tired. So the boys were trying hard, but we weren't putting our energy into the right things. Oh, we were talking about if we fixed, if we wanted to get an armrest, we'll get our kick chase right and build some pressure and have 50-50 possession. Um, we'd give ourselves a really good chance of winning the game. And um, we came out, we had an armrest there where it was um, back and forth, and I thought we won that period. And then as a result, we scored a dive over try from it, and then we looked the better team. We started getting our game back on, and then um, straight away again we we fell off the cliff. We we lost. We lost the momentum and lost what we were trying to do, and straight away that's when we uh, we considered those tries. Didn't that deepen your confidence going into the finals, Andrew? No, not at all, mate. No, not at all. We're, we know what our game looks like. We know what we've got to do, and um, we'll be fine. Do you we'll, care who you're playing in the finals? Oh, mate, they're two great sides. Broncos or Panthers, either or. Um, the the seven day turnaround would be better, but the six day doesn't matter. We, you know, we're we're ready to go. We're excited. So. Um, what if the NRL gives you? Friday night game? Mate, I'd rather a six-day, uh, seven-day turnaround, but we're, we don't complain. Whatever we're given, we haven't complained all year. Whatever we're given, we're given, and we'll, we'll win no matter what. That's that's what we've got to go after. So we've got to be positive about it and not negative about it. Um, but, yeah, we, we obviously, we'd prefer a seven-day turnaround, but whatever we get, we get. What does the week look like for you, Andrew? I believe you go home straight away. Yep. Spend the night at home in Auckland? Yep, we get home tonight. Um, we'll review it like we normally do. We'll, we'll get together with the rest of the boys and we'll have a great training week and we'll go go play finals. Change your week, you look pretty bright at Wayne Sarah's one after his debut. You said he sort of had a mate for a 10-year player. It was just a matter of how he yeah. fitted in now with Roger also coming next year. How does he sort of fit into your long-term puzzle? Uh, Tane's going to be, you know, we've got Chance. He's going to be our backup fullback, yeah. Um, Roger's come and play centre. I've been pretty vocal about that. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're strong there and we've got good depth and 
I'm proud of Tane. I think he's a def definite first grader and um, we love him at the club and yeah, he's, he was terrific tonight, today. What was your availability for players look like for next week? Andrew, Harris, right? Uh, Harris, Harris should be okay, mate. Yeah, he should be. He'd be, he'd be fine. Yep. How did you feel tomorrow? He went in his first eight minutes back in the pop time. Yeah, I, I thought there was some really good touches from tomorrow. I thought the way he competed, and how hard he tried, um, was the most important thing today. I think he was always going to be a bit rusty, but he had a nice pass for Josh for a line break. Uh, a couple of things he'd like to have back, but when you don't get that much possession, you start trying to make things up and force things and. It's fine. I, I thought it was, a, it was a perfect hit out for him today. Um, and he, he'll have so much confidence um, this week, knowing that one's out of the way, as opposed to coming into a playoff game not having a hit out. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think he'd have a few moments back tonight, but that's fine. Um, we're, just, we're glad that he got through and uh, he'll have way more confidence. Dylan, why do you believe he can make a dent in this final series, mate, and take the Warriors where they've never been before? Um, yeah, I just think confidence. Uh, we've got a group that believe in each other. Um, yeah, just confidence. Cool. Get Thanks. Playing. Get playing. Thanks, guys. <laughs> There you go, uh, Andrew Webster and Dylan Walker. Andrew Webster's not phased at all. Ace. And uh, surprisingly, they're getting straight on the plane. I guess uh, no point waiting around for this Panthers-Cowboys result, but it would have been probably nice just to stay in Brisbane if they were going to play at Suncourt, but deciding to get back on the plane and come back home. Yeah, to me, obviously being in the Warriors system, th this is huge, getting on the plane, playing at this time and getting home. A lot of the games you usually play on a Saturday, you'd be playing at night time and you would usually stay there. Um but what that does is then eats into next week. So you get home on the Sunday, you're in on Monday, that's a day gone already, Tuesday probably off. It's not till Wednesday you're back on your feet, still a bit sore. Yeah. Them going home tonight, they'll be reviewing tomorrow, Sunday morning, Monday maybe a day off, Tuesday, full week of training into a game. So, look, I have total confidence um, listening to Webby, I haven't heard him blow up all year. Which is <laughs> he keeps amazing. very, very calm, yes. doesn't he? Oh, well, if if a call doesn't go his way in a, in a final, I'm sure that that might be the, uh, the sticking point. Does it make a difference to the players at all? Rest will they will they go out and train on on Monday or Tuesday type thing, given that they didn't play this weekend? Um, well, I, I think they'd be nursing their injury, so they would have done maybe a little thing here and there over the weekend just to keep their 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 fitness up. Or not so much fitness, but you know, just top it up a bit so they're ready to go. Um, but you know, come Tuesday, um, the whole team I expect to be out training together and have a couple of hitouts together before uh, they travel back to a Suncorp or Bluebet. Where? Well, I haven't asked you this question, but uh, who would you rather? Uh, that is a tough question. Um, I'm thinking maybe the Broncos. Now, the only reason is because. You know, you're going to be flat out on your feet, but I think we sort of suit that style in Brisbane, that hot that that hot weather where we can pass the ball around, we can run with the Broncos. I think with Penrith, you're going to, you're going to find a physical battle. Yeah. And, I, I mean, it's going to be good either way because you're going to come out of it battle-tested and know that if we do lose, we've got another life. If we win, we know what's going to be up there coming for us next. So, preferably, I'll take the Broncos just because you can run with them. Um, I think the Panthers, real brutal, man. They are really brutal. I also think as well with the Broncos, given that they're quite a young team, like, yes, they've got players that have played Origin and representative football, but a lot of them are, are very young. Um, and, you know, the bright lights of finals football might just, you know, get to them a little bit. And I think they're a team too, if you can if you can sort of put them in a hole early, if you can maybe score two quick tries on them, they, they start to overplay. 
So I feel like they probably are the better opposition for the Warriors. But, I mean, really, you look at the, the teams in the from sort of 5 to 8 position, and let's just hypothetically say um, it is what it is at the moment, the Knights, the Sharks, the Roosters, and the Raiders. The prospect of having to play one of those teams in the second week is also pretty daunting. Teams like the Knights that are that sort of got all the momentum if Caelan Pong is fit and healthy, the Roosters who are on the charge at the moment. I mean, the Sharks are probably... Uh, the Sharks and the Raiders are the, probably the two teams that we'd love to meet because they're teams that we've beaten uh, twice this season. So you wouldn't mind coming up against them, but it's a, it's a scary proposition thinking about a, a loss perhaps in week one for the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, either way, they've just got to take learnings from whether it's a win or a loss. And that, that's the thing, you know, I spoke about Tamari Martin giving that finals experience. These players are going to play in front of, could be 50,000? You know, at Suncorp Stadium. Mm, yep. Um, maybe so, more than that. Yeah. yeah, maybe more. So, look, that that's an atmosphere <laughs> that not many people that play the game um, get to feel. So they've got to take everything from that if you want to move forward in this final series. And I think they can. The, the good thing about this this ladder, first to eighth, or even if the Cowboys sneak, I think any team has a chance on their day to win because every team has some ability in that side. Mm. I mean, it's either on paper or what they perform to on a weekend that can really cause some troubles in the competition. Well, and also you got to think about things like injuries. You know, should should a key player go down for one of the one of the top teams, and Nathan Cleary for Penrith, and Adam Reynolds for the Broncos, uh, 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 Munster or a Pappenhausen for the Storm, even Sean Johnson for the Warriors. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that could completely throw a spanner in the works as well. Well, you look at a Jerome Luai at the moment. <coughs> maybe you know you might want to play Penrith because Jack Hogger hasn't really been in that atmosphere, that arena either. Um, Jerome Luai might be out for a couple of weeks I know they're trying to push him to come back um, but it dislocated his shoulder mm. I mean another couple of knocks to it and it could pop out again and that could be it but yeah I mean one injury away and it can just change the whole the whole script for any team and uh, it's interesting looking at the NRL ladder and uh, it might have well it would have changed with uh, the deficit that the Warriors lost by this afternoon but before uh, the gate, the loss to the Dolphins. The Warriors had the second best defence uh, in the competition. Penrith by far and away out in front. They've given up just uh, 300 points this year, which is remarkable through 23 games. But the Warriors were just in behind the Broncos in second place, and that is a remarkable turnaround ace from from last year, where they had the the best, uh, the worst, sorry, defensive record in the competition. Yeah, and, and it's funny, you know, we come into to the game. There's the second the second best, and we're still talking about their defence. Their edge defence needs improvement. Mm. So how scary is it going to be when they, they fix all this, all these areas we're talking about? Nothing's ever going to be perfect, but, you know, put little tweaks into it and fix it so they're not leaking the, these points that are unnecessary. Um, it's a scary prospect and good for the Warriors, uh, scary for the league. We uh, hopefully will bring you uh, the press conference between Wayne Bennett and perhaps Jesse Bromwich as well. They might just be celebrating our last game of the season. They go out with a win. Uh, at the moment, they've leapfrogged the Titans in the 13th position, uh, but the Titans do have the game on Sunday against the Bulldogs. They are heavy favourites mm-hmm. in that one as well. So uh, the Dolphins potentially will finish in 13th or 14th um, with the Bulldogs win, um, although their points differential is way out the window, so that won't even be a factor for them. But... Uh, Dolphins finished in 13th or 14th. Uh, would you say that's successful for a, for a debut club? I think the way they've played this year, I, th- I think it would be. You know, the depth. I, we spoke about the Warriors' depth and where they're sitting at the moment and the team they fielded today. Um, the Dolphins really don't have that luxury. They will in the next couple of years. Yes, they get an Averillo, a Herbie Farmworth. Players like this are going to the club. So they they will have that depth the next couple of years. But this year they didn't. And I think that's sort of what hurt them, um, you know, sort of after round 13. 
they only won one game or two now uh, the rest of the season. So once they start to get you know a couple of years under their belt, I think they will be a very good side. Right, we will take a short break here on Warriors Live. Like I said, we'll hopefully bring you the press conference between uh, Wayne Bennett and Captain Jesse Bromwich from the Dolphins uh, when we come back. Also, uh, Dallium Awards will be this week uh, with the finals not too far away. I might get Aisha, we might cast our eye over the Dallium votes and see uh, see who's going to pick up a couple of the awards. Might even name the team of the year if we've got a bit of time for that as well. So we'll take a short break, come back with more after this. Welcome back into Warriors Live here on ECNZ. You can text her on double eight double three. Let us know how you viewed the game or uh, thoughts on the game between the Warriors and the Dolphins, the last regular season game of 2023 for both teams. The Panthers and the Cowboys kick off in around about 10 minutes' time as they make their way off the field after the warm-up. Uh, we will try and bring you the press conference between Wayne Bennett and uh, perhaps Jesse Bromwich as well when that comes available. The boys obviously still are celebrating in the sheds, uh, breaking a, a six-game losing streak as well. The Dolphins in their first uh, win, or only their second win in twelve games. So, uh, yeah, they've got they've got a bit to celebrate. But uh, we got Dally M's coming up this week. Um, Aish and uh, obviously Player of the Year is a big one. Um, Captain of the Year, Coach of the Year, but you also go through and you name your uh, your team of the year. So uh, let's give that a go while we're waiting for Wayne Bennett and Jesse Bromwich to uh, to front the press. Um, Let's start. Let's start at the back. Let's start at your your fullback. Who, who's winning your fullback of the year? Oh, I think it's got to be Reese Walsh, mate. Um, Can he get it because he's been suspended? Well, that's the question. Um, I'm I'm not too sure whether it's just the Dally M or if it's a Dally M position whether you can get it. Um, if not, then I'd probably give the nod to a Dylan Edwards, who who's been outstanding for Penrith. If um, Edwards or what about Drinkwater? Does he? I think no. I think he got suspended as well, so I think he might be mm. out. Well, I'm not sure. I'm, I know that the, the suspension counts for just your, your overall Dallium. I'm not sure if it counts for your team of the year Dallium, but let's just assume it does. So let's say Reese Walsh is out. Yep, you're taking Dylan. Edwards. Dylan Edwards. Yep, he probably deserves it as well. I know he missed out last year to uh, to James Tedesco. Um, the the two centres. You to name two centres. Um, one's going to be Campbell Graham. Mm. Uh, you know, he sort of dipped off the end of the year, but just the way he started, he was outstanding for the Bunnies. Um, the other one's sort of toss-up. Uh, Stephen Crichton's been outstanding this year, but mm-hmm. I can't go past Katoni Staggs, mate. Um, he's sort of gone under the radar, and I think if you look throughout the stats and his efforts in the games, he's just that game-breaker, and he's probably the best form of his career, Yeah, well, I think honest. I think him and uh, Herbie Farmworth are... Uh, one of the centre pairings of the competition alongside Stephen Crichton and Isaac Targo, uh, who is back today for the Panthers as well. So it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back. Uh, you get to pick two wingers. Oh, they, mate, we spoke about it before. DWZ and Jermaine Osako. Mm. I, I just think it speaks for themselves, doesn't it? The things DWZ's doing this year and then Jermaine Osako, whether it's goal kicking or scoring tries or making line breaks, um, they've both been phenomenal. Halfback? Come on, mate. <laughs> I, right have SJ down. Yep, yep. I have to ask the question. Yeah, I have to ask the question. And in all fairness, um, a close runner-up, in my eyes, who's been very, very good in all forms of rugby league this year has been DCE. Yeah, he's he been great. He has been great. He has been great, yeah, absolutely. Um, what about your 5'8"? This is a tough one because, you know, I'd love to name another halfback as the, the half-pairing. Yep. I'd, yep. I'd probably have to go Munster um, throughout Queensland form and then I don't know if that comes into play, but just the way Melbourne have sort of come back towards the back end of the year. All right, Munster's your 5'8". Uh, what about your lock? This is the hardest position to pick. Um, Isaiah got, Yeo's got, outstanding. Isaiah Yeo, you got Toru Harrison Patrick there. Carrigan. Patty Carrigan. Cameron Murray. Um, oh, 
I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Tohu. I mentioned before what he means to the team. Um, will he get it? You know, we spoke about SJ not getting Dally M, so I think it might be hard for Tohu to get lock of the year. But in my team of the year, I'm going to put Tohu. Well, I can see just none of them picking up anything. Um, two second rollers. Uh, Dave Fafita has been the best second <coughs> row in the competition. Competition this year mm-hmm. shows why he was worth a million dollars originally. Um, the other second rower, I had trouble, um, and I've thrown it in a bit of a smoky. Mm-hmm. Probably won't get it. No one's thinking about it, but <laughs> in my eyes, Scotty Sorensen from the Penrith Panthers. Wow, okay, yeah, that is that is very left field. And um, he's been consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in a team that's at the top, and he's played out. There's not a game where he doesn't give 100%, and I just think, yeah, Mate, for for a position, you know, where majority of the locks, we spoke about how many of them could be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Fafita's been by far the best, but I think Scotty Sorensen week in, week out has been outstanding. Well, Paddy Kerrigan does spend a bit of time in the second row as well. Is he eligible? I'd, I'm, I'm not too sure. But the yeah. other one um, for me is, um, funnily enough, Olakowatu from Manly, who's yeah. hardly missed any minutes this year. Um, plays pretty much the whole 80, scores a lot of tries, and is pretty solid in defence as well. So I think he's up there. The other one that you um, that were talking about, the lock as well, I actually think Jermaine Hopgood would be up there as well. I think he's been fantastic for the Eels this year. Um, he, he probably isn't the number one, but he'd certainly be up there. Um, and, yeah, but second row is very tough. That So I was just going to throw your second row, and you've gone to Parramatta Eels. Mm. What about the resurgence of Bryce Cartwright? Bryce Cartwright's been fantastic mm. this year. Um, lots to choose from, really lots to choose from. I just think... If you're looking at any of the teams sort of 14th down, you're probably not picking anyone. But, yeah, I do take your point on Dave Fafita. Right, what about your two props? My two props, the two best props in the world, uh, Payne Haas and Adam Fenor Blake. Yeah, that's an easy one. Hooker? Hooker. I've gone Harry Grant. Now, Mm. best hooker in the game, close second Wade Egan this year. Well, Wade Egan has been fantastic. He really has. Um we talk about a, a, a Warriors forward pack. Now, to be a good forward pack, you need a good dummy half with good vision, good service. He ticks all those boxes, mm. plus his defensive efforts. I mean, um, yeah. well, well, Damian Cook's not really been the Damian Cook a, a, as of late. Cowboys have been interchanging their halfback, uh, their hooker pretty much the whole season. Um, the Raiders run a dual hooker playmaking role that, that no one really stands out from there. Brandon Smith at the Roosters had a very, very slow start to 2023. Um, I guess Phoenix Crossland at the Knights, he's also been shifting around. Um, Braley at the at the Sharks, he, he's been playing pretty decent. Um, but it is hard to go by probably Grant and... Wade um, Egan. And Wade Egan. I, I just think what they offer as well is so much more than just good service. Like you might see Braley make a 50 tackles, and but there's not too many times he's out there creating for his big men. Yeah, that's fair. Think they can do. Right. Who is your, who's your captain of the year? Um, Going to be Captain Courageous, Tohu Harris. Yep. Yep. It'll be know. interesting if, if Yo ended up in that, that full team if he would then pick up captain of the year or whether you could name Yo as your lock but then give Torhu the captain. I, th- I think you could because it's completely different things. You, you're judging on the, the ability of a, a player when he's out there, but to be a captain, you need good leadership um, to steer a team like he has the Warriors this year. And this was probably the worst-looking game they've played yeah, all year. I agree. And he wasn't there. So captain Torhu Harris and uh, Daly and Middlest, you're going Sean? Yeah, going Sean. Who's your coach of the year? It's, we, we had a big 
talk about this, didn't we? Yeah. I'll debate you, mate, if you don't want to say Webby. I I don't want to have to listen to you. I'm I'm Webby. So interesting, like if if and I know we're being quite biased here, but if you do look at it like that, you've got uh, you got one, two, three four Warriors in the team of the year. You've got the captain of the year, the Dally M, and the coach of the year as well. It's it's all Warriors at the Dally M's, which just be, would just be amazing. But, uh, I mean, you take into account the fact that the Panthers have been there and done it before. It doesn't sort of have the same effect. Mm. Are you penalising them because they're just winners and they've been well, there for so long? That, that's a great debate, and I know Joel Kane raised this one over in Australia. Coach of the year, why has why hasn't Ivan Cleary won that for the last two seasons? When the Panthers have clearly been the best team in the NRL, they've absolutely dominated. He's never, He hasn't won Coach of the Year. Now, you look at Todd Payton last year, took took the Cowboys from 15th or 16th up to 3rd, which is exactly what Andrew Webster done. My, my point would be Webster's pretty much done the exact same thing. That's why he should win it this year. But I do take Joel's point that quite often, yeah, you look at, you look over the coaches that are really successful because they just sort of do it every year when actually they probably are the best coach in the NRL. And why can't you win it multiple years in a row? Yeah, exactly. If you're that good of a coach. Yeah, and I have, no, I, mean? I have no argument with it. Um you know, the, the Panthers, that's a perfect argument for a lot of their players, actually, in the positionals, uh, like Isaiah Yo. Why can you not if you are the best mm. in that pos- position mm. for many years? The uh, the game between uh, Penrith and, you, uh, and North Queensland about to kick off, do you think it's going to be a high-scoring game? Um, I don't think so. I think both teams are going to be a bit tight to start the game. Um, I know Penrith, yeah... It's a minor premiership. You know, you you want to win everything you you set out to do. Um, get a couple extra dollars in the bank account as well. Uh, never hurt anyone. So <laughs> um, the Cowboys, I think, after a, a tight start, might start to throw it around. Just not too sure. I, I don't think Penrith lose this game, though, with their team. All right, not at home either. Uh, right, I think we finally have uh, the Dolphins at the press conference, although it's not Wayne Bennett. He's decided to hand the duties over to his assistant coach, <laughs> Christian Wolfe. So uh, I think Christian Wolfe and Jesse Bromwich with the, uh, with the press now. Christian, I thought that was the plan weeks earlier, but to finish the season like that, um, you must be pretty proud of the team. Yeah, definitely. It's great to finish on a positive like that. and That's a great ca- crowd today, great occasion. Um, you know, beautiful weather for a good game of footy. and um, you know, It was really important, I think, that we finished positive. We have worked really hard. We obviously started the year really well. Um, didn't finish as well as we would have liked and had a few results that we probably could have made go our way at different times as well. But to finish on a real positive like that and show a bit of character today, I think it, it's, a, it's a great message for everyone and um, you know, a great sort of uh, lead into next year as well, even though it's a fair way away. If I said to you at the start of the year, Christian, you have nine wins, would you have been happy with that at the start, even though you did get to seven and five at one stage? Uh, look, it's a yeah, it's an interesting question, Zane. Um, uh, probably not, no. I, I think... I think uh, um, you know, as we showed earlier in the year, that you know, there's there's a bit more to this footy team than what people probably expected, and you know, we've certainly seen that in the preseason. Um, you know, we've seen the skill level that was there, we've seen how hard blokes worked, and how well we came together as a group, and I think that's what we showed. And um, you know, we can be really proud of what we set up at the start of the year, and the way we played, and um, sort of setting those foundations as to, to who the Dolphins are. And, and we did fall away a little bit. And we can't hide from that, but uh, you know, I think we can be really proud overall in terms of what we've done. What aspects of today's performance can you build on next season? I thought that was uh, as good, if not better, than we've defended, uh, particularly over the back half of the year. And um, you know, we, we did let the two tries in sort of really quickly, and uh, they were ones that we, we probably could have stopped as well. But uh, you know, for, for 70 odd minutes of the game, I thought our defence was, was really good. And, 
Um, you know, we left a couple of points out there as well. There's a couple of tries that we could have scored and didn't quite get the last pass right. And uh, we've certainly shown all year that we can really play play with the ball and play footy. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I, a couple of young blokes I thought deserve a mention as well. Jack Bostock was outstanding, um, you know, showing that he can handle this level of footy. And young Max Plath, um, you know, testing you over the last few weeks playing in the centres has, has been really good as well. So. There's some real positive signs there. Cody was pretty brilliant as well right throughout the 80 minutes now. I guess he's played pretty much everywhere throughout the team, but the way he's played at number six, could he now start going into the preseason, starting to try and cement himself in a number six role, or is he very much still going to be that Mr. Fix-It moving forward? Oh, look, we, yeah, we've got to uh, have an off-season and, and have a pre-season and sort of figure that out. We've got a fair bit of time, but... I think over um, you know, a long majority of the year, Cody's been really good. I think he's been one of our most consistent performers. And you know, the ball in hand, he's as good as anyone. He's a, he's a very good attacking footballer. And um, you know, today, he, he showed how tough he can defend as well. And I thought he did a really good job there. So um, you know, I think he's a, a guy that uh, can be really happy with what he's produced through the year. And um, you know, he's, got a, he's got something there to, to, play, to go forward with as well. How happy would you be for Jermaine? How happy would you be for Jermaine if he gets at the end of this round? He holds on to this, you know, all-time points scoring record for tries and for points this weekend. It's pretty impressive. No one's done it since now. It's a wonderful achievement for him, and um, you know, to, to to do that in a side that's sort of uh, you know, not not in the top eight uh, makes it even more special. And um, you know, he's, he's outstanding to have on the team, and uh, you know, we're, we're very lucky to have him. And, you see today there, whenever uh, whenever he gets the ball, he's got the ability to, to do something and make something out of nothing. And you know, he doesn't miss too, too many times when he gets that opportunity for a try. So um, you know, he's been great in that department. He's been great in the goal kicking. And you know, he certainly deserves all the accolades he's got this year. How much has he grown as a player this season? He came to the club a bit battered, you know, um, lacking in a bit of confidence. And he's really just gone ahead this season. Look, I, I can't speak for previous years. I, I haven't um, you know, worked with him before, but you know, since he's come in, he's shown a real professionalism. You can see what sort of athlete he is, and you know, he, he always trains well. As I said, he's been really professional on and off the field, and he's done that all pre-season. And uh, you know, there's been times in the pre-season we, we trained him more pre-season at fullback, and uh, it, was, it was obvious that Hammer was going to be the fullback uh, quite early on, and. As soon as we gave him that opportunity on the wing through the trials and, and coming into round one, you know, he showed that he needed to be there every week and started to grow in confidence with every game, I thought. So um, you know, he's been one of our most consistent right through from the, the start of the year. He's been one of our best performers. And again, he, he deserves everything he gets this year. Jesse's scored as many tries this year as what he did in four or five seasons with the Broncos. It's obviously been a big year for him. He hasn't played test footy since 2019, I think, with an international calendar coming up. Could he really be considering himself quite a likely inclusion for that part of the year? I think so, yeah. He's, um, like Wolf we just touched on, he's been one of our best players all year. He um, can do it all. You know, his backfield carries are really strong. He can finish, finish really well. Um, I think he should be expecting a call for sure. He's been, been outstanding. There wasn't a lot of players missing. Tuhu Harris, obviously, and Wade Egan, from that Warriors forward pack. You guys had one of your better forward packs for the year. Do you feel like if you had Felice a little bit longer and you didn't have some of those injuries, you could have really made an impact just because you guys really just smashed them out there today? Um, yeah, it's tough. You know, we um, throughout the year we had plenty of moments where that lost us a game that we didn't learn from, I thought. Um, 
you know, a lot, a lot of games we were just losing right at the end or you know by a few points. So that's tough to say. They rested a lot of lot of boys, and you know they've got finals next week. They probably had one eye on that, but we went out there and we wanted to play a certain way. We wanted to finish the year and show our fans that um, you know play for them and show them that you know we really value their support. It's been a you know a huge year for, in terms of. Um, our fans really supporting us, so it's it's been really good, um, and we enjoyed having them out there. And you play an expensive game of football. Do you think day football particularly suits the Dolphins? No, I'm not sure about. I'm not sure about if day footy suits us. Um, today we moved the ball ball around a lot. The boys seem to seem to be having fun out there. Um, that worked for us today. That type of footy is quite hard to replicate every single week. I was really happy with the way we defended and. The energy and effort we put into our effort areas um, was just a bonus that you know we were scoring a lot of tries today. There were plenty of moments to celebrate. What are the ones that you guys, as a team, will celebrate the most this weekend? Do you think? Um, oh, it's put me on the spot, but it's really hard when you don't make finals to really celebrate the season. But you know, we we did do some really good things on reflection um, round one coming out and playing a really good side and running out for the first time at Suncorp. Um, I, I still remember, you know, we had board members after the game in tears and, you know, how emotional that was. And, you know, it had been one of the most emotional wins I've ever been a part of. So things like that were, you know, really good to support. You know, the whole Fins Up has really taken off, you know, the side of up here in Queensland. And um, I think, you know, it's been a big part of um, the Redcliffe area now. So, yeah, I reflect on uh, looking back, it's really hard to celebrate the year not making finals, but for our first year, I think there were some really good moments. Wayne, let you celebrate together. What, what does Wayne do to celebrate a season? Even though you didn't make finals, you'd be proud of what you've done. You've got to get together now as a group. Big Wayne, does he come along? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I've not really been under him for. <laughs> ever before but um yeah I think you'll you hang around with the boys he um yeah he loves hanging around with the, the lads when he gets a chance. <laughs> There's a try by Kenny this afternoon and uh, a look on your face um after that happened. Do you want to explain what you were thinking in that moment? Oh I just thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah I'm really happy for him but I thought it was funny. From where I was standing I didn't think he was gonna get there so I was happy he got there and then. What about Queensland's winter, mate? How was that? What's that, mate? Queensland's winter. That's really Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. There you go. Uh, Christian Wolf and uh, and Jesse Romich getting uh, quite a lot of airtime there as well. Uh, much longer press conference than Webster and, uh, and Dylan Walker. Penrith Panthers uh, scored first against uh, the Cowboys. Four points to nil. Stephen Crichton with the early try. Uh, Nathan Cleary not able to get the conversion. Um, Aisha, I did want to ask you, of the teams outside uh, the eight, and maybe let's just remove uh, the Rabbitohs and the Cowboys, who uh, we know are sort of potent. Of the teams sort of 11 through 17, who can you see as a big improver in 2024? I could definitely see the Seagulls. Um, Turbo comes back. I did hear someone on the um, Justin Horror, actually, old player, come up with a good uh, thought to move Kola to fullback and Tom Trebojevic into the centres for the year. And I, I reckon it's a great idea. Just get him a year under his... 
um, you know, get his legs back used to the NRL for a full season before pushing him back to fullback. He's going to play Origin there, obviously. I, I think the Eagles will be massive improvers. If DCE plays the way he did and Luke Brooks going there, mate, the world, he'll be the like, – I, I have a lot of – um, respect and I know Luke Brooks I may be a bit biased but I know the kid is an awesome talent he's just been in bad situations um, I think there at the Seagulls with DCE mentoring him I think it's going to do wonders for him I just I know, there always is that caveat with the Seagulls about Tommy Turbo and just every year the same thing mm. happens it's just like history repeating I feel really sorry for the guy but I just can't go past that factor every time we're talking about the Seagulls. But I, I'm looking at the, them for the rest of the year. I thought they w- would struggle to win another game when he went down. Mm. They've actually looked very good. With Ruben Garrick there at fullback, you've got Kohler there who could play at fullback as well. I don't think the reliance is on Turbo as much as it once was. Mm. And I think they're moving past that. And I, I just think they're going to be massive movers. Um, also the Tigers. <laughs> Do you think though? Do you no, think the I Tigers? They need to find a halfback. I don't hope they? so. Yeah, maybe Benji come out of retirement. Maybe, maybe. What about some of the other ones in there? The Dragons, Bulldogs, uh, maybe even the Dolphins and the Titans. Is there anyone in there that you sort of think, you know, they might be able to pick it up? I mean, the Titans really fell off the ball. They were they were in the top eight mix and they were definitely challenging teams. They can score a heck of a lot of points. We know that. But then they've really slumped down towards the back end of the season. But is there anyone else in there that you sort of think maybe they might uh, they might be on the up in twenty four? It's just so hard to tell. Like with the Bulldogs at the moment, where there's smoke, there's fire. All the rumours coming out. Um, I still think they they need a couple of players. I know they've signed these big names, but I just don't think it's what they need. Um, they need to fix them, themselves up first. The Dragons will be better under Shane Flanagan, I believe. Mm. Um, if he can get Ben Hunt on board, I think uh, the things he will implement, and over the next couple of years, he will slowly transform that team recruiting wise and culturally culturally wise mm-hmm. to um to make them a, a top eight contender I believe. And what about um the top eight uh, teams that um have had a great season this year but you think might that the success might be short lived. Is there anyone in there who you think it might be, you know, it might go the other way? Um it's a hard one. That is a hard one. Um maybe the maybe the Sharks or the Raiders. I mean they're dropping off a bit. The Knights are losing some some forwards, as in like Lachlan, Lachlan Fitzgibbon next year. I don't know if Rizal's re-signed yet. Like they're they're massive outs if he does go. Um, yeah, I, maybe the Knights might drop off. It's hard to see Tyson Gamble and Jackson Hastings, um, you know, bettering a DCE again, mm. once again. Yeah. You know, it's all if and buts. You know, we, we sit here and do it, but then one, like we said for the final series, one injury can change well, a team's whole I mean, year. I mean, even the Knights, you know, had them down towards the bottom of the ladder this year, and here they are in fifth position and on the charge. And one of the informed teams, they had the Roosters finishing as minor premiers, and here they are just scraping on uh, and holding on to an eighth, uh, top eight position. So, yeah, it uh, it is the NRL, and uh, that's it, why it's fun to just try and predict age because you never get it right. Uh, we'll take a break here on uh, Warriors Live. When we come back, uh, we'll continue the conversation, and I'll uh, we'll give you an on the Penrith game as well. They still lead four points to nil over the Cowboys, uh, but they are on the charge inside the Cowboys' half. Stay with us here on Warriors Live. Back in a moment. This evening, it was the Dolphins getting the chocolates. The Warriors ending their 2023 regular season on a loss, but they will play finals football next weekend. And at the moment, with Penrith ahead against the Cowboys, if it stays like that, they will play uh, Penrith at Bluebet Stadium in Sydney in week 
one. Got a couple of minutes before we wrap up. Aish, and I thought, um, you know, given that we get you in here a little bit to do the commentary, uh, why don't you tell people what you're up to nowadays? Because you're working for New Zealand Rugby League. What is uh, what does that role involve? What are you doing? Um, so I'm I'm basically trying to grow the game. It's as simple as I could keep it. Um, get people playing the game. We know it at the junior level, it's sort of dipped away. There's a lot more opportunities, of course, with rugby union. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to create some competitions, create some. Um, joy back for rugby league and what better time now the Warriors are going good everyone wants to jump on and play rugby league and you know I was in Fakatani today we had a little tournament leading into the Maldi tournament that's there in a couple of weeks and um, you know just to see the kids that usually play in rugby come over and just have a they go at rugby league learn the rules have a game and everyone seemed to enjoy it so it's it's definitely on the grow um, rugby league and um, it's something that, that I enjoy getting into schools and um, trying to promote the game, really giving back to what's given me so much. And, and what's your sort of, how are, you, how are you selling the young kids on the game of rugby league? The, the beauty about it is, mate, I don't really have to at the moment because the Warriors are doing so good. <laughs> Just show them a video of, oh, uh, of the highlights, well, Sean Johnson. They're telling me, you know, up the wires and this and that, Shawnee yep. and... Um, none of them know at all that who I am or that I used to play, <laughs> which is fine by me. But it's um, you know, it's funny when they're they're talking about the the players of today and they just love love the game. And I've got to thank the Warriors heaps because it mm. would be so hard to do my job, mm. um, you know, if they're not doing well. So yes, you're sensing that sort of groundswell coming up. You know, you feel like there are going to be a lot more people playing the game over the next couple of years. Yeah, and, and I think the opportunities are going to be there. Um, you know, New Zealand Rugby League do a good job in trying to create tournaments where, you know, players can be seen and there are pathways there, yeah. whether it be to the Warriors or to other NRL teams. Mm. And um, I, I think the future is bright for Rugby League in New Zealand. And, yeah, it, it's definitely a, a promising time. So where do you sort of sit on, uh, on perhaps a, another team in the NRL coming out of New Zealand? I, I don't mind it at all. I think it'd be hard to be in Auckland. I think it would have to be based in either a Christchurch or a Wellington. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you? Where do you reckon's better in that instance, Wellington or Christchurch? Um, Christchurch, maybe. Um, I know the 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 love for league down there, and definitely looking over the last couple of years, they've got a team in the men's premiership. Um, their teams are doing good at junior levels Mm. and definitely at the schoolboy level I know um, over last year and I think they're going okay at the tournament so far this year that's on actually at the moment as we speak out at Bruce Pullman Park Uh, the finals are tomorrow but um, St. Thomas I think from down there in Christchurch are are a very good school and I think it'll do wonders if the NRL have another team over here. I agree. And I think uh, just given what you were talking about there with the development and the pathways, opportunities for, for young kids coming through, what what better way than having another New Zealand team for them to get amongst? And especially those South Island people, like you said, a lot of focus always with the Warriors on Auckland, but um, with a South Island team, uh, that would be fantastic. A bit, bit further to travel for the Aussie teams, but they can put up with it. Um, Stephen Crichton has literally jumped into space uh, and batted <laughs> the ball backwards for Penrith. And then uh, Sunia Taruva has gone into the corner. So they've gone eight points to nil up over the Cowboys, Aish, and uh, are well on track to win the minor premiership. Although, interesting at Bluebet Stadium, there's quite a lot of empty seats. I would have thought with the minor premiership on the line, they were they packed it out last year when they won the minor premiership. Not so... Uh, well, it's probably just getting boring for them, isn't it? Oh, it would be. <laughs> but you know, winning. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, take a picture, Warriors fans, because if... Uh 
They can do this and get a home semi. I yeah. believe Mount Smart will be rocking. That's true. So as it stands, the Warriors will be playing the Penrith Panthers in the first round of the NRL Finals next weekend at Bluebet Stadium in Sydney. It'll be their first opportunity to try and make it one step closer to the grand final the first time they potentially will make it since 2011 when they lost to the Manly Seagulls. That is us for the regular season here on Warriors Live on SNZ. Big thanks to Blake Ashford uh, for for filling in this afternoon and for uh, some of the other games this season and Big Robbie in the booth. We'll catch you next time.